Hello, hello. Welcome back to hey, Songs everybody. and Send Us. Um, this is Annie and, and Shadon is here. And today we have a very special guest for our Taylor Swift episode. Shadon, take it away. Our first special guest, our first guest period, just for everyone who is potentially wondering where the chain is. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah. Yeah. We had some technical difficulties recording the chain, but have no fear that will potentially be re-recorded. Potentially not. You know, we'll see where the wind is. Released in us. the future. Um, technology yeah. hates us. But we decided to record a couple of Taylor Swift episodes because of her re-release of Fearless, which is happening. April 9th, correct? Yes, Yes, April 9th. And so we have some big Swifty, Swifty gals coming on the pod to discuss Taylor Swift and some of Taylor's greatest hits off of Fearless with us. And our first guest is Marissa. And Marissa, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into Bob Talk? Hello. Thanks for having me, just to start <laughs> off. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, I knew Shadon and Annie both in college, so that I'm not a random person that they found. <laughs> so yeah, I am the resident Swifty here. No, I've been following her basically since I was probably 10 or 11. I know we're going to get into that more later, but yeah, I've yeah, been a huge fan. I'm very excited for the re-recordings and of course, any new albums that she could apparently just drop at the drop of a hat. Seriously, this girl <laughs> is crazy. I love her, but we're glad to have you on too, because Chad and I love Taylor, or I don't know, not to speak for you, but we <laughs> like Taylor Swift, but I feel like I'm not, I don't have the passion for as long as some people have had the passion. Like, mm-hmm. and I've recently gotten to her more. So like, it's nice to have someone who can really speak to this album definitely <laughs> yeah um Marissa why don't you start us off with what you've been bopping to lately it's what we do every week on songs that send us <laughs> yeah so I've been kind of like in between music and albums right now and trying to just mm-hmm. find new things um because I'm getting kind of bored of listening to the same things when I work throughout the day so I recently have caved a little bit and started listening to the very popular BTS. Um, oh. <laughs> yes. Took a so turn. This is my, yeah, I know. So this is like one of my first times actually listening to a full album of theirs. I was listening to, I think it's called Love Yourself Answer is the name of the mm. album. And so been listening to a bit of that. The fandom itself is very intimidating. So right now I'm like just trying to get a feel of like what yeah. their sound is and who they are. I'm not sure if I'm going to go full in on like Maybe all full the K-pop. Stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But I was just like listening to it during work and I was like, oh, this, this vibes. So Um, One of the songs that stood out to me on that album is called Singularity. And it's kind of, it's a chill vibe, like very comforting. And I was like, oh, I I really like this. So I I caved in recently (laughs) and did that, which I felt like was expanding my horizons a little bit. But especially after like the Grammys this past weekend, where Mm -hmm. they lost the only award they were nominated for and everyone was really upset online, understandably. So Mm -hmm. Um, I thought I would show some solidarity and give it a listen and see what the hype's all about. Yeah, Annie and I both talked about this a little bit, but we definitely think that the Grammys, they use them a little bit as a marketing ploy. The fact that the army is so intense and they're so passionate, 
uh, to get more people to watch the Grammys. And I think they had BTS on at the end too, even. So yeah, uh, I yeah. watched them. They were the very last performance mm. within like the last five minutes. Mm. So I totally agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> were you influenced by Brittany and Megan to become a De- BTS? <laughs> yeah. Yes. We have some mutual friends yeah. from college yeah. who definitely have influenced me and told me what album to listen to first. Um, so I'm kind of delving off from there with their other albums. It can but... be kind of intimidating to like know where to start with mm-hmm. the yeah. BTS <laughs> because there's so much and it's people are so yeah. passionate about their music. Definitely. I was like, where do I begin? <laughs> I actually, I was having this talk with a friend from high school. We uh, are neither, she's kind of into BTS and K-pop. And she doesn't have a lot of positive feelings about Taylor Swift, but I was talking to her about, oh, I think Swifties are one of the most, I don't want to say intense, I want to say passionate and enthusiastic fandoms or artist followings uh, out there. And I'm not sure though, maybe BTS's army rivals them because I know they're really on top of everything BTS. So yeah, I, I agree. I almost like as a Swifty, there are some very intense Swifties out there who are do or die she can do no wrong type type intense and like also the unfortunate people who like attack other fans and things like that from different fandoms and stuff but bts i think is a wheelhouse all Mm -hmm. on its own i would say yeah it it would either rival that or i think in some ways even surpasses it (laughs) just with like all the i mean there's so many different members of the groups Mm -hmm. they're different like people that you can get into and i know i mean i don't I'm not an expert yet, but, <laughs> but there's, you know, all the different other like fandom things, like they have a chance at their concerts, mm. I think, and things like that. So I think they're, they're very loyal yeah. <laughs> and international mm. too, all over the world. As a former One Direction stan, I totally understand. Mm-hmm. Annie, what have you been bopping to this past week? Um... Uh... Listen, oh, did I send you that I was listening to Mathika's EP? Yes. And I'm now obsessed with her and I've never heard of her before. And I just found on New Music Friday, I think, one of her songs, but she just released an EP called 15 Forever, Forever 15, I think. It only has like six songs on it, but it was fun. She's kind of pop mm. punk. I don't know, but it was good vibes yesterday for my Friday. Ooh, That's mostly... It. Yeah, besides for that, I've just been re-listening to Fearless, honestly, because I'm trying to get pumped up and was yeah. preparing for today. So what about what's, you, though, Shannon? What's the, well, hang on, what's the, what's a Monica song that we should all, like, Mothica, sorry. Mothica? Mothica. Yeah. Um, like, Monica Vagothica? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's actually cool, too, is I'm pretty sure she's, like, independent. Like, she doesn't have a label at all. I'm pretty oh sure gosh. she's just putting out her music, but she's pretty big. So I think that's cool. I could be wrong with that, but that's what I know of her. That's amazing. As far as, let's see, what's my favorite from the, from this EP, I really love Intuition and Upside. I'm trying to think of what's like her most popular song though, because I know she's, Vices is her most popular song. That's interesting. So I saw you going on about them and I was like, hmm, I should check this out. And I really liked Funhouse by Mothica. I don't know if you Yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like I get so stuck in the rut of always listening to just sad indie music. So then sometimes I need to remind myself that there's fun music. Yeah. And I get excited about it. That's true. What I've been bopping to Subway Song, which is by Delacy. I don't know if you've heard of it, Marissa. I love that song. Oh yeah, my gosh, I've you heard know it. it. It's so good. Ah, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> love that. Yeah. 
30. I don't know if the song, this artist is kind of big or not, but how did you hear the song? That's so cool. To be honest, I was making a playlist <laughs> that was called We Yearning Ladies. And so I was looking up just different ladies who like, you know, have that song of like yearning and everything. Mm. And so I think I was just looking at similar artists or like, you know, at the bottom of Spotify, it'll be like, add to your playlist and have recommended songs there. So I think I was down there and saw it. And so I was like, what's this? And press play. <laughs> oh my God. Marissa, I did not know this about you. Are you also a niche playlist maker? You- <laughs> I I dabble in it. <laughs> I that's try. what I love to do though <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I try I'm like you know sometimes I just hear one song and I'm like this needs a playlist around it <laughs> yes and it can be yep. so hard because some songs like it's like such a specific feeling or sound and you're like I just want to listen to two hours of this but I don't know how to curate this definitely definitely <laughs> yeah I agree <laughs> Wow, I love that you know this song. I thought this was an underground hit or something. <laughs> well, it might be. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, love that. Love that you know Delacy. But it reminded me, I was telling you this, it reminds me a lot of a song you would listen to kind of on a commute. But it reminds me of being in Boston and kind of nostalgic for being one of maybe four people on the, the tee at night when you're going home and you kind of just zone out and kind of just get in your own head. And I think it's a great... A great song, basically. I love how Boston that was with the T. <laughs> yeah, well, it reminds I mean, in DC, I take the Metro and all that, but it feels just very mm-hmm. Boston to me. And potentially maybe because I feel like the artist is maybe indie alternative, but really like Delacy. Can't wait to listen to more Delacy. Let us jump into why Taylor is re recording Fearless. So, I don't know if everyone knows the drama with that, but Scooter Braun was managing Taylor. He, that's the correct term, right? Managing. So (laughs) I can kind of jump in on this one because it was actually Scott Borchetta of her record label, Big Machine Records. Mm. And so he, like, I guess their, her contract or something was up. And so she had the opportunity to buy her master recordings of all of her albums, which was her debut album through Reputation. He's the one who per- ended up purchasing it, which she doesn't like him. <laughs> he represents some of like the people that she's had beef with in the past and things like that. So Kanye. she was not, yeah, Kanye, Justin Bieber, <laughs> to name a few. So she was very unhappy about that and claims that she uh, didn't even have a chance to mm. purchase them, that they never yeah. even really offered it up for her, even though obviously she could very much afford it. Yeah. Well, I know, too, one of the reasons she just didn't want Scooter to get any kind of financial benefit from her album. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, you know, very feminist and powerful of her. I love that for her because I know women in the music industry, too, a lot of times they get manipulated contract wise and stuff like that. I know that's kind of something not exactly the same, but something um, in the similar realm happened to Kesha. So it's unfortunate. But yeah we are luckily getting a newer version of all of these songs. It's actually two. I think there's going to be six additional new songs off of Fearless, which I think is super cool that you get the old songs that elicit nostalgia, but also some new ones because she's definitely known as one of the best lyricists out there, I feel like. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be so fun to re-listen to all this music that when we we would have been, I don't know how old, high school when yeah. this came out, middle school. Yes. Middle and school. So then now to listen to it as a mid-20s person and get to hear her recordings. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be so good. 
Well, this entire album, and I'm sure you guys feel the same. I Anytime I listen to anything off of it, even the newer version of Love Story, I just feel like I'm mentally transported back to, I don't know, that young teen uh, era of my life where you just had a lot of feelings and you're like, wow, Taylor gets me. So I think it's funny. But. Well, that's why I think so many of her fans feel so close to her too, is because this is someone you've literally grown up with. For yeah. like, She was there during her adolescence, which was such an important time in making who we are. Like, And now you still love her all this time later. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely the nostalgia factor. <laughs> yeah. Um, Marissa, so did you listen to Taylor Swift from like the first album? Like what is your relationship as a, as a Taylor fan? <laughs> yeah, so kind of funny but I remember like where I heard her (laughs) for the first time I remember I was probably like 10 or 11 years old so yeah oh my god um (laughs) 10 or 11 in the car with my mom like driving across this bridge it's raining outside and we're listening to the country music radio station and I remember the first song that I heard by her was teardrops on my guitar (laughs) and that song came on and yeah, it came on and Iconic. I was like, who's this? I like this song. Which to that point, my family, like we grew up listening to the country music stations mm. and everything. For for my parents, it sort of filled the void of classic rock and roll. Because back this is back in like the early, t- early to mid 2000s. Mm. Before like modern day country now is like way more pop. But back mm. then it was like a bit more rock and roll in the way that other genres weren't. So besides classic rock stations, my family listened primarily to country music. And at that point, if we're talking about women in country, Mm. the top artists were like Shania Twain and Carrie Underwood and those ladies who obviously were the soundtrack of my childhood as well and so much love and respect for them. But they were a little bit older. They weren't as relatable to someone who is nearly going into middle school at that point. Mm. Um, So hearing someone like Taylor for the first time and seeing how young she was and how she was singing essentially about fairy tales, which as someone who loves books and movies and, you know, that type of thing, I was like, I love this. Like, this is what I want to listen to. And this is what I'm finding to be relatable. I mean, and then when Fearless came out, I remember like my babysitter at the time gave me a burned CD of it. Aww. Yeah. And like the last song on the album, which I think was Change, 30 seconds were cut off of it because it glitched when she was burning it. <laughs> so, so what, sorry, what that. an early 2000s problem. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, you know, I remember being like 11 crying to White Horse as oh. if I'd ever been in a relationship and had my heart broken, but being like, this is it, I feel it. <laughs> but yeah, and then of course, Love Story, which I think was the lead single off of Fearless at the time, definitely stood out to me. And then, you know, you belong with me and everything from there. And then by the time middle school hit, I think Speak Now was out. And so that really solidified my place in the fandom um, and watching all her music videos and wanting all of her outfits and everything. So, yeah. So, you know, and then her eventual transition over to pop music, which I think was so smart for her and how huge 1989 was. So been following her for quite a long time (laughs) and getting to see her change and grow has been really awesome. Would you say Love Story is your favorite off of this album? You know, I'd say so, which is kind of, it's interesting because I think this song, like why I picked it here is because for me, what it represents is quintessential Taylor Swift. Mm. Like this is Taylor Swift representing what she was back then early on in her career all the way to who she is now like Mm. she's still so much that hopeless romantic who 
loves the idea of love. And, you know, now with folklore and Evermore coming out, which she's kind of moved away a bit from like purely autobiographical songwriting and storytelling with those two albums, which is what Love Story was. Like she was pulling, like, sure, she reflected a little bit on her real life because I think the history behind it is that there was a boy she liked in high school who her parents didn't like. And she was like, uh, (laughs) you know, I like him, you're wrong. And was at the time reading Romeo and Juliet and being like, hey, I like this story, but I wish they got a happy ending. So pulling a little bit from her own personal life, but also from literature and things like that, which you see now that she's done again with Folklore and Evermore. So for me, I think it's been very, this song is very reflective of her entire career and also has become such an important song for her fans. Like this is the one song that she plays on every single one of her tours. Like you can go to a Taylor Swift concert and expect to hear Love Story. Wow. Yeah, so I think it definitely is one that like has stuck with the fans and has become a little less about just like the love, the love story that's in it and more just about that connection with the fans. I mean, I think it makes sense that this was the first single that she's released for the re-recordings. I mean, like I said, it was the first single that she released from Fearless back in the day and now is the first single for this one. But I'm not going to take credit for this, but someone pointed out that the first lyric that we got to hear of her re-recordings was we were both young when I first saw you, which, <laughs> which, you know, is just representative of our relationship with her as a fan. Cause like you said, mm-hmm. Annie earlier, we all grew up with her. Mm-hmm. So that's just, why this song's so good. <laughs> like, can you imagine writing this song? Like one of the most notable, like this is such an iconic song yeah. of the last few decades. And she was like six, what, 16 or 17 when she recorded this or wrote this? Yeah. Taylor's no power. way. Was she actually that young? Yeah, because I think um, yeah. her she was what, like only 15 when her first album came out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. She's 31 now, isn't she? Mm-hmm. That's, that's crazy to think about. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Now. And Fearless was her first album to win Album of the Year, but also she made history as the youngest artist to win Album of the Year, I think until Billie Eilish won last year. So that's also really awesome. So I think she was like 18 or something when Fearless won and Billy was 17. So there you go. But yeah, I know. But just the longevity of her career is incredible. That's queen shit right there. Mm -hmm. Truly. Should should we get into the song a little bit? Love Story? We should. Let's do it. Yeah, let's uh, let's pop into it. Lyrics. I will say, though, I remember watching the music video for this and like being at the family computer with a friend or something and us just sitting there watching and it was just like, so I do remember it. Ugh, I, I just feel like it's so and there are certain songs on this album that I'm just like, I can't listen to it and not feel young again. Hardly like mm-hmm. I'm old, but for me, Hey Steven especially is like that. But Love Story is I want to say it's potentially one of her most iconic. So gonna stop like going about her whole we could just do like five hours of talking about Taylor (laughs) Uh, let us jump into it though I'm gonna go ahead and play a little bit at the beginning just so we can all you know get back into that mindset perfect feel transported already it was really hard not to sing along to that (laughs) I agree (laughs) (laughs) oh I know and just like thinking back to 
how young she was with her <laughs> iconic sparkly dresses and curly hair. <laughs> I think this video, when it came out, everyone was like, wow, did you see the new Taylor Swift video? And it's, I think this is probably her first major music video that made her kind of pow, but it's such a fun one because it's basically just her recreating a version of Romeo and Juliet vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so whimsical. You know, as someone who also just appreciates just like literature and movies and just how different art forms and entertainment can affect you, like listening to this one, I'm getting a story and a song, <laughs> you know, so it, I mean, it tells the story from beginning to end. So, you know, that's exactly that. it. And I think that's mm-hmm. the power of her lyrics and why so many people are like, oh, my God, Taylor Swift is one of the best, because in all of her songs, but especially this one you can literally sit there, close your eyes, and you don't even have to watch the music video. If you've never seen the music video, you probably are picturing something so similar to it because she just paints a picture of exactly what's going on. And I think it's great because I don't think a lot of artists do that. But in this song, it's We Were Both Young When I First Saw You. That's exactly what you see. The flashback starts in the music video. So it's just, it's on the nose, but not in a bad way. You're still like, wow, this is great. She's literally giving me a love story in this song. I love too. It's, I think she's really good at diluting like concepts into some kind of simple phrases almost, it would mm-hmm. seem, but they're so good. Like she is able to take a story and I don't know, get it down to its details and then create these phrases that are just really beautiful. Like even just the first verse, when you're looking at it, she is creating the setting right here the first verse and like really opens you into the story which is kind of what you were saying Shadon. yeah also i don't consider i got the beginning i thought she was kind of country but i don't consider this song really i don't know maybe it's country pop but because you've got the guitar in the background which i guess is a little bit country vibes but even that like first 20 seconds that i played it feels poppy already because of the beat that it's got going yeah opinion. i think she definitely was more influenced like by the artists like Shania Twain and everyone who were country but very pop (laughs) and so I think that's why eventually her transition over to pop music made so much sense Mm -hmm. but yeah I agree in this one I think it's the guitar and the instrumental that makes it a bit more of a country song and her little cute twang that she puts in there with her voice but she definitely has some more like actual like country songs like from her debut like our song and things like that were a bit more twangy than this one but but yeah, I agree. Fun to note. I don't think she changed anything from the initial recording of this back in 2008, 2009, and the Taylor's version one, besides the fact that it, this song just sounds crisper because of technology and also her voice is a little bit more mature. But you still get the innocence of the original song, the way she sings it, even this one. Yeah, definitely. And I think there was a lot of speculation too, and we'll see as the albums each start coming out of how much she was going to change the song and if she was going to do that at all and I think kind Mm. of realizing it hearing this one and then she also just dropped in a trailer for spirit movie on Netflix for the horse movie the wildest dreams re-recording and it sounds exactly the same as the 1989 version back in what 2014 or whatever that was so I think she's really trying to just make these so you don't have to go back and listen to the old ones like that you just had this one and it's exactly what you expect to hear which I mean you can't ever replace the nostalgia of the old ones Mm. but I think this is the best that she can do with it with her situation (laughs) that's a great point (laughs) I mean for me with just like talking about kind of the pre-chorus with the daddy that's like 
stay away from her. And Mm. she's crying on the staircase to this boy saying, oh, don't leave me, don't go. (laughs) That type of yearning. She's never lost that type of yearning and pining and everything with her storytelling and her songwriting. It always boils down to that kind of the overdramatic and theatricality of it <laughs> which I kind <laughs> of love though because that's what I feel like she gets mocked for you know that's why people used mm-hmm. to hate her is saying how like how dramatic it was whatever but there's something so lovely about that about being able to be excited about love even after all the heartbreak and dramatize dramatize it and have fun in it and I, I don't know it's song is fun I do think this whole entire song just embodies the idea of youthful love I, for example this came out I don't know, maybe middle school for me, probably. And we're all basically the same age. So probably middle school, I'm thinking. <laughs> but it it feels very maybe, maybe you're, because I don't even think the guy in this is considered a bad boy, but you're maybe you're into the bad boy and you have to hide it from your parents because your parents wouldn't approve or they wouldn't let you go out with him or something. And I think she captures that really well in this. But at the same time, she's not explicit where it could be applied to a bunch of other, you know, young situations where you just, you have to hide your dating someone for whatever reason. And I think that's potentially why it was such like a good hit and still is. But it's just, again, the whole thing is you are young and you're kind of like maybe having feelings for someone for the first time, which I think is, wow. Let me play a little bit of the one, the lyrics about the dad. Okay, let me just say that is my favorite lyric of the entire song. Romeo, take me somewhere we can be alone. Love that. Oh, it's so catchy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she knows how to write a hook. Mm. People she don't does. give her enough credit for that. <laughs> well, even like, if you just think about the yeah the amount of absolute hits she's had where you can identify the chorus, it's amazing. But she does. She can write a good hook. You're right about definitely that. definitely and I think she's smart with like what she kind of releases as her lead singles definitely the ones mm-hmm. that are like the catchier more radio friendly the ones that get stuck in your head this one and you belong with me were perfect like mm-hmm. those, everyone was singing she wears short skirts I wear t-shirts like, you know? <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. so yeah throughout her entire career she definitely has captured the hooks for the lead singles and then you know has her more like serious and intense lyrical songs elsewhere throughout the albums too like white horse and mm-hmm. you're not sorry for on fearless those ones which are so good <laughs> and maybe not be the biggest hair so fan but she does maybe go down as like one of the best lyricists because they're just so she's an excellent lyricist exactly well i think it's like her ability to like here's even a song that is written because of uh, Romeo and Juliet. It's based mm-hmm. off another story, but she's still able to make people feel like they understand mm-hmm. the exact feeling she's talking about. One of my favorite spots too is just, uh, I think it's the second verse when she says, so close your eyes, escape this town for a little while. Oh, oh. Cause I think that's so relatable too. I mean, she was probably yeah. 16, 17 dreaming of getting out and doing bigger things. And so anyone yeah. else who's listening at that same time can probably emulate that feeling or relate to it. I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that ties in really well too to, to take me somewhere we can be alone. Even if it's they're not physically going anywhere different, where the line that you really like, close your eyes so we can escape this town, we be on our own, even just mentally, if maybe they're, you know, 
just daydreaming of escaping with each other. But I think normal, not normal, but young people who they don't even have necessarily like huge problems, but just everyday life, they're like, oh, you know, I just really can't take my parents and I want to just be alone with you. I think that's just something that everyone wishes for themselves. And I think the fact that she did totally put a different spin on the Romeo and Juliet story is really fun and original too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's the fantasy and fairy tale of all of it that is so mm-hmm. fun. And especially as someone like me who would have been 11 or something when this song came out, you know, it, I was like, oh yeah, when I grow up, I want to have <laughs> some sort of love affair like this, even though this one has all like the forbidden love and everything in it, which is so dramatic. And where where, where do you see that in real life? You know, <laughs> but it's I was you kind of daydream about. <laughs> I was going to ask, I'm trying to think for some reason you because we were talking about the forbidden love which was a you were saying like a, a big trope at this time mm-hmm. I was trying to think like when this was out in relation to like twilight or something like that <laughs> oh you know what I'm gonna look it up <laughs> I was none of her songs ever in a twilight movie that is a disgrace <laughs> a shame wait yeah. okay so fearless came out in 2008 and it came out November 11, 2008, and the first pilot movie came out November 21st 2008 <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so that yeah that's the time same time actually it's a funny story I think Taylor was a big fan of Twilight and I think she was supposed to be in New Moon or something as like a little cameo or whatever but then the director was ultimately like no she's too recognizable like it'll take people (laughs) out of the the story (laughs) exactly yeah I think Uh, she was supposed to have a weird appearance in one of the Twilight movies Do you know what? That wouldn't, I wouldn't have bad an eyelash. I think there's also a lot of questionable Twilight stuff that I probably would have been like more than seeing Taylor Swift in one of the movies. Well, hey, she got to date the werewolf, so. That is true. (laughs) Taylor squared. Yep, exactly. Whatever their ship name was, yeah. Oh my gosh, did she have a song about Taylor Lautner? Yeah, Back to December on Speak Now is alleged to be about him. (laughs) How interesting. Yeah, which that one is basically just her apologizing to this really nice boy over breaking his heart. So, you know, people are always like, oh, Taylor Swift plays the victim, plays the victim. She's always pointing fingers at the guys. And I'm like, well, no, that's a whole song about how she's like, yeah, I treated you badly. (laughs) So doesn't always do that. She can write an apology song. (laughs) You love a woman who takes accountability, you know? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. What is yeah. your favorite lyric or couple of lines in this song, Marissa? So for me, it's it's the bridge. <laughs> like the bridge kind of in and of itself. The the And I said, Romeo, save me. I've been feeling so alone. I keep waiting for you, but you never come. Is this in my head? I don't know what to think. He knelt to the ground and pulled out a ring and said, marry me, Juliet. You never have to be alone. That whole moment, it's the music builds up to like a crescendo there like it gets quiet during it and then when he kneels to the ground and proposes to her then that's the crescendo of it and it's so funny like when she performs this live like people propose to add that part like it hits that part and you'll see videos of people proposing then and I'm like what a dream (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I just love I yeah I love the way it builds there and that's the part where you're just screaming the lyrics that's where like it you get your happy ending (laughs) yeah 
so that's what I love so much about it. And then, you know, just the way it ends with repeating the first line of we were both young when I first saw you Mm -hmm. just kind of wrapping up the story and being like, hey, remember when this is a reflection of where they were back then, you know, also, I've never thought about that. We were both young when I first saw you is such a good dual line because it's mm-hmm. can be it's both the beginning and the end of something. It could be mm-hmm. like, because yeah. we were both young when I first saw you is the beginning of a story, but also to be like, we were both young. Which so she still does this trick even to this day. Quick random segue, but I was listening yeah. to Evermore the other day and she has a song on it called Tolerate It which is like this really sad, tragic song. I don't know if you guys have heard it, but it's basically about someone who's in a relationship and feels like the person that they're with is just tolerating them, that this person loves them so much, but their partner is just eh, indifferent to it. And so the beginning starts with like the first lyric is I sit and watch you like reading with your head low or something like that. And then it ends with I sit and watch you. And so like this whole song is basically her saying you know what you just tolerate me I could break away from this at any moment believe me I could do that I could leave you and it would hurt so badly but I could do it but then it ends with I sit and watch you which is the first lyric of the song which basically made me think that she never actually said any of that out loud (laughs) like yeah like you listen to it in the bridge again like like love story it builds and it's basically this desperate yearning I am going to leave you but then it ends somberly and just like I'm just sitting and watching you again like she never actually spoke any of that out loud so Marissa, she I just want your commentary on every Taylor song <laughs> so that I can appreciate even more fully I feel like I'm missing you know out what? on things every song I feel like there's something else that that I could talk about but yeah but she does this like repetition of the first and last line even to this day and she does it so well <laughs> so good mm-hmm. no I love that breakdown or the bridge because you were talking about that part and the fact mm-hmm. that she said she just wanted to change the ending of Romeo and Juliet and she does it here. And right as she does it, there's that key change and it builds mm-hmm. and it's like key changes. And then that's the end of the story. That's different. Which I love that as a musical decision. Yeah. To have that key I'll go play definitely. a bit of that. So we all know what key change. Oh, talking about. It's so good. <laughs> I do really also think we just at the beginning, we were both young when I first saw you. Very easily at the beginning of the song, if this is the first time you're hearing it, you could be like, hmm, is this going to end kind of negatively like some of her songs mm-hmm. do or, you know, and then she spins it and it's kind of a positive ending. Yeah. I got I cannot it's imagine. So good. You getting... scream that. You need to yeah. just be in a car with the windows down when you hear that. 
Yeah. If you ever get to go to a Taylor Swift concert that everyone's losing their minds screaming. That <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's so fun that she has kept this song on every single one of her set lists from Fearless, obviously, all the way through uh, Reputation, because sadly, the Lover concert just didn't happen. <laughs> so you've seen the song live three times or four times, is it? Uh, four times. I went to her Red Tour 1989 and then Reputation twice. So I've seen her four times. <laughs> yep. So. I did actually go to one Taylor Swift concert. Oh, I didn't know Dropping that. the bomb. Which- um, at Country USA, she was performing. <laughs> I think it was around my 13th birthday, so it would have been after the release this album would have been released. Did you yeah, hear this then, yeah. Annie, live? Yeah, so I must have. I, d- I don't remember that very well. Mm. Oh, yeah. No, because I remember, uh, what song is it, where she just has the water pour down. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Wait. Marissa should know. Um, <laughs> We're like, Revenant Sw- Resident Swifty, come on. Okay, wait. Um, <laughs> pressure. I can, get, um, I can find this info out. Is it the one where, like... Oh, no, she should have said no. I think it's it. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. And then the water... Po- I just remember that. Yes, Ooh. yes, yes. Iconic. I was about to say that. I was like, I think you're talking about should have said no, where, yeah, she's in the water and it says no in the water. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Powerful. Yeah, she has oh, a performance so of that somewhere online. I can't remember if it's at the Grammys or something. Some performance, but mm, it's yeah. so good. <laughs> okay, is there anything oh. else we need to break down about this song? It was a good one. Interesting, Marissa, that you said this is making a resurgence on TikTok. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, okay. It made me feel old because (laughs) I think it was this song and there was people were doing some challenge with it. You might have seen it, but it was like the song, a very pop version of it. But people were like really close to the camera and then they would push away from it and do a little dance or something. I did see this. Yes. Yeah. But then people were like, wait, that's a Taylor Swift song. And I'm like, what do you mean? That's a Taylor Swift song. all these younger kids who obviously didn't grow up with the song the way we did were just discovering it so yeah it's had Mm. kind of a random resurgence on tiktok recently so that's been fun (laughs) i mean once again showing the power of tiktok exactly rasputin rasputin song apparently (laughs) is an old song but tiktok has made it come back so i'm really happy for taylor that she's getting a little boost from tiktok yeah yeah that one that challenge was a little bit throughout last year so I think it's it's died down a little bit but there's also like Swifty TikTok which is a whole other (laughs) can of worms but I know people were using some of her other songs as audio too so it's cool so cool love that Mm -hmm. wow Taylor Swift can't wait to see what the rest of Fearless sounds like April 9th can't come soon enough I know and then to hear what the bonus songs are too which she said I think that there's supposed to be songs that were originally going to be on the album but she cut them and so there are like some unreleased songs lurking in the depths of the internet that you can find that are Mm -hmm. the old version so people are trying to like guess which ones are going to be on there so it'll be cool and it'll be cool to see if she does that for her other albums as well I think that's what is the added value of being like hey I know what was this this is my story. These are this is my music that I wrote. This is my album. I know what should be on here and what didn't make yeah. the cut. So yeah, so it is cool. I, I I get sad that she has to feel like she has to re-record in order to own her her work. But at the same yeah. time, I'm excited to hear it and hear it with her modern, mature vocals, as I think you said, Shadow. <laughs> and also just to you know celebrate her her old music and kind of anniversary it in a way. I hope. 
that maybe she does, you know, include a little bit of her cute country <laughs> twang okay. in some of these songs, though. Yeah. I know, I know, especially on her debut with mm-hmm. our song. But, like, that song is her country twang. Yeah. <laughs> love, love that song. So we'll, we'll see. It's going to be really exciting to see what she's going to do. And there's speculation that 1989 will be the next album that she releases. Mm-hmm. So she's going kind of in an interesting order. I think she's going with her really popular albums first. And I think the only one she can't re-record for a few more years is Reputation. So we'll just have to wait on that one. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> if you get really into the nitty gritty of the fandom, there are people who are counting words in her Instagram captions to speculate yes. what what month she'll be releasing <laughs> certain songs oh or albums gosh. and everything. So yeah, it, people, she's kind of become like this queen of Easter eggs and dropping hints and like her... Mm-hmm magazines and interviews and in her Instagram and posts and in her music videos and everything so we're gonna see if people end up being right it doesn't always happen but it is sure fun to play (laughs) well that was smart the way she did the April 9th capitalizing the letters honestly oh that was that was fun yeah so that's what she used to do in her old cds so she in like the booklets she would cap there used to be like hidden messages in the lyrics for each of the songs and so like you used to go through and like all the capital letters in her album booklets to to basically guess what the meaning behind (laughs) different songs are and sometimes it would be like something obscure just kind of like a random thing but you kind of felt like you were in like on an inside secret or joke with her um sometimes it would be like names and things like that or dates or whatever but yeah so that's that when she did April 9th that way I was like oh you're going back to doing that because she hasn't done it since I think 19 I think she did it for 1989 but she stopped for reputation so it's been a while (laughs) she truly has a unique relationship with her fans I love that definitely definitely she encourages us to play detective (laughs) a lot of the time so yeah and she's very focused on it and you know, always in her acceptance speeches, thanks to the fans for everything that they've done for her. So we have, we have a close relationship. It's weird. It like feels like she's my friend and my older oh. sister, but I've never met her. <laughs> but she, yeah, she makes herself so accessible to her fans, especially with like the early listening parties for some of her albums that she started with 1989 and things like that. So she's always thinking of new ways to try to connect with people. I love that. Wait, I was going to ask, what would you say is your favorite Taylor album? Or is that like really hard to choose? <laughs> I, so that's kind of like asking me to pick my favorite child. <laughs> yeah. But but I would say my top albums are, I love Folklore so much. That one, I think really just encapsulates her storytelling and her songwriting and came out unexpectedly. Like, <laughs> I mean, Evermore was also unexpected that she had two in a row, but Folklore just yeah. out of nowhere where before she's usually so calculated and coming up with her album cycles and like when the first single will come out and when this and such just drop an album was, <laughs> it was wild that morning was crazy. But I love that one and I love Reputation that kind of came out like a very interesting point in my life. It was in college and trying to figure things out. And so kind of the intensity of it really spoke to me but yeah those two definitely stick out but then I would say also like now I'm just gonna name off all our albums <laughs> you asked me a simple question and I'm like but also I love them all but for like old school country Taylor speak now I do love speak definitely. now love speak now <laughs> I think it is hard too because she 
does so specific eras too. So it's just different vibes. So, you know, diff- lovers way different than reputation than speak now. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I, I attribute more her albums to like different points in my life. Mm-hmm. 1989 is my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And so that one also has like, a really like that special place in my heart of like graduating high school. And you know, that all the drama and stuff that comes with being in high school and being like, um, I'm just gonna shake it off, you know? Yeah. And I remember when the blank space music video dropped, I was sitting, it, it came out like right after school. And I remember I was sitting with my phone watching it. And yeah, and red was kind of early, late middle school, early high school, that kind of moment and speak now and fearless were like, definitely middle school. Screaming the story of us, <laughs> thinking this is going to be me someday. It hasn't <laughs> been yet, but I, the greatest game is to pretend that I can relate to <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> I think that about wraps up our first Taylor episode. Thank you for joining us, Marissa. It was really great to have you help us guide, guide us through this. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. I always love talking. Taylor, so we'll have so to have you back honor. when we have another re-release, so we can. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see, if, we'll see if 1989 drops. I definitely have more to talk about with that one. <laughs> you are genuinely one of the biggest 50s I know. So best knowledge. <laughs> Good. I love to be a resource. <laughs> All righty. Well, we will be seeing you very soon for our second Taylor Swift episode. In the meantime, yes. stream. well, don't stream Fearless. Stream Love Story. <laughs> Taylor's version. <laughs> All the other usual reminders, you can follow us on any platform, songs that send us across all platforms. We're going to love you and leave you as you. Love you and leave you.